Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude, my guy, Chai Socks MKZ Tony Marchese. We are here after a White Sox five, or I'm sorry, three to nothing loss to the Houston Astros. Tony, what did you think about this game, and are you upset as I am? I am pretty upset, Buzz. Um, not a moral victory for me as much as people are calling it a moral victory tonight. Um, we even heard that come out of uh, Chuck Garfine's mouth uh, on the postgame show. A lot of people seem to be quite happy that the Sox didn't get destroyed. Buzz, I, I think I'm just a little bit pissed off at the fact that we had to even go to this whole bullpen day thing. And not only that, the offense just didn't show up today. Now we expected to lose to Houston if you if you put these games on paper buzz, but I felt like today even as well as the bullpen day went, granted it's not a moral victory here, but as as well as the day went, only giving up 3 runs to the Houston Astros, I don't care who's pitching. That's to me a winnable ball game. I don't know about you. Or how you oh, feel yeah. about that, but that's a winnable ball game. The Sox offense should be able to put up more than three runs. Well, Mister Peacock over there kept us in check for for most of the game. Um, you know, I mean, he the, the Sox weren't swinging the bat well, man. I mean, there, there's a total of 13 strikeouts the Sox had tonight. Uh, Peacock, he um, he had nine of them. He was responsible for nine of them in five innings pitched. He only let up two hits. Um, you know. It's a it's a long trip, Tone. You know, this is a four game set, and then we go and we spend some time in Minnesota for three games, and it, it's just not a good way to start the series or the road trip when when you tax your bullpen and you know five people come out of your bullpen tonight and uh, get some wear and tear on them. I I just don't understand why we had to go this route. I don't understand why we couldn't have just brought somebody anybody up just to pitch a game, send them back down. I you know I. I don't know. It's just not a good way to start. And yes, and you're absolutely right about the offense going completely dormant. You know, um, our cleanup hitter, Yonder Alonso, with another rough game. He did have a single, but uh, he is now batting 183, and he just did not look comfortable in the box at all tonight. Um, I don't mean just to call him out right away. None of the team really played good at all, but except uh, Mr. Charlie Tilson accounting for two hits for us. But um, it looked horrible just, in the field today, though. Oh yeah, no, absolute, absolutely garbage, absolutely garbage in the field. He had a rough game today. Um, maybe it's some jet lag. I, I don't know, but it, hard game to watch, hard pill to swallow. I don't understand the moral victory comment because I don't. 
want my team to expect to go somewhere and not get killed. Does that make sense? Right. That th- that's exactly what I'm trying to put across here, Buzz. Is that yes, we didn't get murdered by Houston in a bullpen game with you know if you look at who we threw, Burr, Fry, Ruiz, Osich, Manaya. I mean that's a who's who of that's so White Sox type relievers. Um, as far as this year goes, I mean Burr's been okay. But out of those guys, I mean, the rest of them that I've named have just been bad. And they all played probably as as well as you could expect them to. Um, Or maybe you don't expect them to do as well as they did today, especially against an offense like Houston. But, Buzz, you know, I, I think some of the moral victory comments come into play that, you know, we didn't use Colome, Herrera, bummer or Marshall in this game and you know regardless of who we use today I think the sentiment still holds true to the fact that this team and Ricky's comments before the game kind of bothered me when he said you know this is you know you we're dealt this hand and we have to you know figure out how to deal with it just like anything in life when you're you know you have to go through something no you you don't um, I don't know about you and maybe hindsight's 2020, but I would rather almost see Irvin Santana go out there and get shellacked than to start a series off against the Houston Astros, a four game series at that with three games behind that against the division leading twins and utilize most of my bullpen in the first game. And well, I yeah, think that exactly. just sets us. I, I think that it sets us up for two, three days from now, some really tired arms in the bullpen, and that's not a recipe for success. So, as well as the game went, what are the ramifications of this down the road? Here, are we going to see position players pitching? Because if that's the result of this in a few days, regardless of how today went. I don't think that that's a moral victory, and that's just my stance on it. I would rather see somebody go out there and eat five to six innings in this ball game and not have to use Ryan Burr or Jace Fry or any of these other arms in that type of a situation. Well, I'm a hundred percent with you on that, you know. And and going back to Ricky's comments today, I felt like when I was listening to that and reading and reading it. Um, I, I, I don't know. Did you feel like a little shade was being thrown when he said that's just the the hand that we're being dealt right now? Are you talking about shade towards the front office, Buzz? I, I, I feel like there was a little bit of shade towards the front office, my friend. And I feel like and, – and I, I we've interviewed Chuck Garfi before on, on you know the podcast, the other podcast. That, um, but he's a good guy. But, I mean, it kind of felt like when he said the moral victory today, it was just kind of like him – kind of playing nice suit and tie guy like oh don't you know don't be too mad today after what happened which is probably why we saw Ozzy throw a fit because you know how unfiltered and uncensored he could be but I do feel like Ricky Renteria threw a little bit of shade today that this really you know a first game out of a seven game road trip and we're playing arguably the hottest team in baseball right now and then going from the hottest team in baseball you're going to go to the AL Central leading Minnesota Twins And, and you started off like this this is just not This ain't it, Chief. I mean, I can see where the shade would be thrown 
But I also wonder if Ricky's comments were more or less defensive almost of the fact that he was going with the bullpen starts today. You know, another option that they could have employed here, and I know this isn't always a great option, is to throw somebody on short rest. I mean, right. what is the, what is the difference between one extra day of rest here for for Dylan Covey, and to push these guys through once more? Um, you see that type of thing happen in the playoffs, and to skip one start in the regular season, um, you know, and we can argue back and forth all day whether or not that actually put the White Sox in a better position to win today because. To be completely fair and honest here, Buzz, I don't know if Dylan Covey gives me more sense of security than a bullpen day right here. You know, I really don't know because there's like, like I've talked to Johnny about, and I'm sure you and I will discuss this more. There's only two starters in this rotation right now that I have any faith in to throw a good game over 50% of the time that they go out there and start, and that's Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez at, at, at this very moment. I don't trust Nova and I don't trust Covey. I don't think, I, I don't think I trust Nova or Covey either. It's just like I, you know, in my whole thing, yeah. Do I trust Dylan Covey to come out and keep us as competitive as the bullpen did? I don't know. You know, Dylan Covey's last start was decent, you know, um, I just feel like I said, you know, wanting to be competitive throughout the whole entire series. And when you tax your bullpen like we did today, it just kind of is like, oh, we're going to chalk this one up as an L, you know, Correct. And, Correct. And, and that's why I'm frustrated. You know, I, I don't know. It's just when you're right there and you're right in striking distance. And I understand that this team's front office and a lot of fans who probably will listen to this, you know, will probably call me stupid. But I mean, we're, we're I mean, we're, we're within striking distance of 500, man. So, I mean, sue a guy for being, you know, uh, <laughs> for being excited about it, you know, because nobody thought that that we'd be right where we're at now. You know, every, every time we, we get so close, it's just something. And then I just feel like doing this, I understand that we're short on arms right now, but doing something like this today and starting this, you know, this series off this way and this road trip off this way just left a bad taste in my mouth. Because, you know, moving forward, if Kobe does get lit up tomorrow, you're very limited in the bullpen once again. You know, then moving into Wednesday – God forbid we get lit up again. You know, it's just you keep taxing and taxing and taxing, and that's what I was trying, wanting to avoid. But obviously, it's not avoided. There's nothing we could do about it now. We had a, you know, took the L today. Yeah, and you know what, Buzz? If we go out there and get shelled tomorrow, I'm sure you'll see Dylan Covey and uh, well, Ricky Renteria try and keep Dylan Covey out there for as long as he possibly can. And you know, you do still have Marshall, Bomber, Herrera, and Calame. I have zero faith in Herrera, and I, I would not like to see him for a few days. I, I, I think he needs some yesterday. rest. He needs, to he needs rest. some rest. Um, I'm glad we did not see him tonight. I think he really does need that rest. Uh, I don't want to see Kalame out here in a clunker either. If we have one of those, I mean, he can get you through an inning or two, but save that guy in case we can get to a point in these next two or three days where we can actually employ him in a in a safe situation. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know, it's 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 frustrating. And let's talk a little bit about the offense here. We've we've kind of hammered home the point that neither of us are really happy with what we saw today actually being employed via strategy. I think we're okay with the result. We're okay we're we're absolutely okay with the result. 
but the strategy, not something that I would have gone with. Hey, it worked. It could have been a lot uglier, but still not something that we wanted to actually see happen this year, I, I, I think, um, from our standpoint. I mean, we've already DFA'd one of the starting pitchers on this roster, um, and now you're coming to you know stuff like this. So uh, the offense today, like we, we hinted at, was just non-existent. Is there any player that stood out to you outside of Charlie Tilson's two two hits uh, that had a good offensive day? Because I'd rather start talking about uh, some of the things that didn't work because they were a little bit more obvious today. And outside of Yonder Alonso, uh, Eloy Jimenez did not look like the uh, the Eloy Jimenez we expected to see back um, in this lineup. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about Eloy and his return uh, in his first game back from that ankle injury that he suffered uh, a few weeks ago here. Yeah, Eloy, uh, I cannot remember who put out the tweet, but somebody asked him if the ankle was 100%, and he said he's fine enough to play on it. So I don't know if Eloy's actually 100%. Um, he could be, he couldn't be. I, I don't know, obviously. I'm not in in the uh, the clubhouse to, to know that information, but I, I did read a tweet, and I'll, I'll just have to find it. But, um, yeah, no, his, his strikeout when he, at his first at-bat, you could tell he was frustrated with himself. He... She wasn't patient in the box. Didn't didn't uh, didn't look like the guy that we wanted to see today. And you know it's unfortunate, but it's his first game back from injury. I'm not gonna panic about it. He's been gone since April 26th, so um, you know I mean, he's been gone for almost a month. It's May 20th today, so um, you know hopefully he can get his stuff together and he'll, he'll look a little bit better. As, as far as Eloy in the field, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a hard pass on that right now. Maybe put him in the, you know, maybe get his back comfortable, put him in the DH spot for a little bit and just figure it out. You're probably not going to see Eloy in that DH spot um, for reasons that uh, Yonder Alonso exists. And I wrote a blog about this today. And I I just want to come out and say my intentions in this blog are not to defend Yonder Alonso in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm not trying to defend him being bad at baseball this year. That That's absolutely not the intent of this. I don't know if you've had the chance to read it yet, Buzz. Um, this is more or less directed at the, the at the reasons why Yonder Alonso is not going anywhere right now. We are stuck with Yonder Alonso, whether we like it or not. We're stuck with him for right now. Because right, I did actually have a chance to read that over on ontapsportsnet.com. Oh, yeah, great website. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you should. Yeah, um, it's very good. But the, the fact of the matter is, Buzz, is that he's here to stay for a while. It's it's not going to be as simple as just pulling the cord on this. You know, there's other guys out there that, yes, you can pull the cord on, but from a from a standpoint of – what Yonder Alonso means to Rick Hahn and to this team right now, you're not going to see him go. It would be the equivalent in my mind of two months of a slump of almost a guy like Jose Abreu and saying, up, oh, you're done. I know that's a, that's a really rough comparison right there because of what Jose Abreu has meant to this team. But it, I, I, I sincerely feel that it, it holds the same ramifications as far as what that means to Rakan, what that means to this club, and how Yonder Alonso has you know, gone about his career 
and what his actual career numbers are. And if you look at some of his stats, they are similar, not exact, but similar as far as averages, as far as RBIs, as far as some of that stuff go. Maybe it's a little bit a tick below what you get out of a guy like Jose Abreu. But right. he's the difference... not a terrible career player. No, he's not a terrible career player at all. I mean, he's been, he he's had some success. I'll get, I'll give you that for sure. But the success that he hasn't had has been here, and uh, you know, and that's worth looking at. Um, at least in my opinion, you know, it's not what you did, and they didn't do anything for us. Obviously, his first year with this team, he hasn't done anything for us in the past. So it's not like what you did for me yesterday. What are you gonna do for me today? Type thing. It's just kind of like, what are you gonna do for me today? Because you know, or tomorrow because this season has been real bad. And I think he needs to get his head together and batting him at four is just not a good decision in general. And I think him being in a lineup right now, I mean, dude, his on base percentage is 282, man. No, he needs some time off. He needs time off. He needs time off, you know, and and Eloy does need to DH a little bit and Yonder needs to take a bit of a backseat. I agree with that 150%. Yonder yeah. Alonso should not be an everyday player. No. If you're going to DH somebody, if Wellington Castillo's catching, that DH spot should go to James McCann. If, uh, and that might come as a shock to you, but I said it yesterday too. No, I, I've heard the love. I've heard um, the love being spread around. You know, a 183 hitter has no business in the middle of that lineup. And if he's going to play, he needs to be 6, 7, or 8 in this lineup. Um, you know, that's, that's non-negotiable with me. Uh, as far as far as I see it, but DFAing him is not in the cards, and that's just that's a that's a hard stance that I've taken here. If you if you do the research on him, uh, if you if you look at the bigger picture of everything, um, don't want to spoil the whole blog. Go take take a take a look at the blog at ontapsportsnet.com, um, and you can you can get my insights on that there. But Buzz, the other guy I want to talk about today is Tim Anderson. He did not look good. He was swinging at pitches in the dirt. He was all over the place at the plate. Uh, what we saw from Tim Anderson in April um, may has not translated any sort of success for him. What's going on with Tim Anderson? You know, uh, Tim's having a little bit of a rough go at it. Um, I think he got in his own head a little bit there. Um, you know, I, I can't be too mad at the guy because I mean he has kept his average up. Obviously, we did see him drop, but you know he's still staying around that three thirty mark. Had two hits yesterday. Um, I know that he, you know, didn't have a very good game today. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, I'm not really super concerned with Timmy. I, I, I'm not. It's just I know what Timmy is. I know what kind of player he is. He has all the tools to be a very, very good player. He's been very effective all year for us. Today was a bad game. The whole the whole lineup had a bad time. I just think Peacock had had really good stuff today, and I just think that he was fooling everybody. I mean, like I said, five innings pitch, nine strikeouts two hits let up, you know, I mean, I, I think that it was a more so of a very good pitching game for, for Houston, um, keeping us in check. And, uh, I just think Tim was a, a bystander to that, you know, he, he just suffered along with it. Fair enough. Um, I, I just, I feel like the hundred points that have come off the batting order or the batting average this, uh, this month so yeah. far for, for Timmy is, is kind of shocking. Um, I, I mean, not shocking in a sense that we didn't expect regression, but shocking in a way that uh, his play through the month of April was absolutely electric. I feel like he has not had a 
a moment in a while. Um, and, and I want to see more of that because what he was doing for this organization, what he was doing for this lineup, um, what he was doing for the Tim Anderson brand uh, in April, uh, we haven't seen much of that in, in May. And I, I'm waiting for the next bat flip. I'm waiting for the next, you know, big Timmy moment. And, you know, in a game against uh, a team like the Astros, um, uh, a, a big play or a big uh, big clutch hit from from a guy like Tim Anderson can, you know, really sway a ball game here and, and get the Sox a win in one of these games. And I'm hoping that we see that in this series. Um that's pretty much all I have uh, on the White Sox lineup today, Buzz. Do you have anything else? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I do want to say one more thing about Timmy, real quick, and, and and just to maybe give a little bit of peace of mind to not not just the, our listeners, but to maybe even you. Um, over the last seven days, Tim Anderson is batting three eighteen. Um, you know, I, I don't think Timmy's lost it. Um, I, I think that he'll you know um, he'll pick it back up. I, I and if you remember on one of our first recorded socks on taps or maybe not first recorded but in the early stages of it i had i had said something like this was going to happen i i you know obviously i know all of us knew and you knew it just as well as i did that no way tim was gonna sustain that that crazy average that he had you know that, that there's no way man that's not happening yeah, you know no, no um but over the last seven days he is batting 318 over the past 30 days so the last month it's he's he's at 270 so um Take it for what you will. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like there's there's a big dip there from from 270 to you know the mid 400s that he was at. Right. And and maybe that that's just what we're feeling here, is is that dip because he's hitting the ball about half the amount that he was before, and you know that's that's noticeable over the course of of a few weeks, Buzz. Um, it's very noticeable in some of these games just because... I just wish we could move him up from seven. Yeah, and, and you know what? Maybe, maybe seven isn't the the place for him. Maybe it is. Who knows? I, I'd rather see him at, at five, six, um, or even in the two spot. I know we love Moncada there, and I don't want to see Moncada moved out of there. But his, his speed at the top of that lineup, I think, is is so beneficial especially when you when you throw him in front of a few of those bigger hitters that can find the gap um and Timmy has the ability to you know get on first and then uh you know take the double play out of the way for guys like Abreu or Yonder Alonso by swiping second base and I I don't see enough of Moncada stealing on the base paths right um, that I do from Timmy and even though I love Moncada in that and that two hole um, I think Anderson can also play there as well. Uh, if 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 he only walked just a little bit more, <laughs> I'd love to see Timmy in that leadoff spot just as an on base guy. But that's not his game. Uh, I, I think if he just walked a lot, a little to a lot more, um, he'd be such a dangerous leadoff guy. It, right. it it pains me to to know that the the walk is not part of Timmy's game because. Just imagine Timmy getting on base with Moncada, Abreu, and you know Eloy coming up after that in the next few years. I, th- I think that'd be so dangerous. But you know, uh, I don't foresee any major changes to Tim Anderson's approach at the plate that's going to allow him to walk more. Um, Buzz, that's 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 all I've really got on this game. 
I'm, I'm, I want to talk uh, what we've got coming up here tomorrow. All right, tomorrow we have Dylan Covey against Justin Verlander. Uh, Dylan Covey is 0-2 with a 4.41 ERA. Um, he's got six strikeouts in 16 innings, and he's going up against Verlander, who's 7-1, and the 2.38 ERA, just more, you know, more consistence and dominance from Verlander. Tony this year, 64 innings pitched, 77 strikeouts, man. Uh, let up 35 hits here on the year. Um, you just know, great stats there. From it just, yeah, it 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 it's video game stuff, man. He he looks great. You know, he looks fantastic. So that's who the Sox are going up against tomorrow. Hopefully, he has a little bit of a, you know, he slips a little bit, and you know, we can uh, take advantage of it because you know, Peacock has some great stuff today here, and uh, you know, obviously. Um, you know, going up against Verlander. I mean, th- this whole—I think that was the the first th- the first three games. It's it's Peacock Verlander, isn't it? And then the next day is Garrett Cole, isn't it? It is. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but you know, I mean, this is not in. This is why this team is very, very good. This is why Houston is very good. They got bats and they got pitching, so it's going to be challenging. It, it's going to be a challenging day tomorrow. It is. I, I don't. I don't foresee um, any sort of major changes to the the White Sox uh, that's going to allow them to uh, to just be the better team in uh, in the next few games here over Houston. Um, you know, even with Houston down, Altuve and Springer, um, the the White Sox roster does not compare to Houston. I think we all know that. Uh, the Sox do know Justin Verlander very well, though. Um, maybe not some of these younger guys, but, uh, you know, Abreu's had his fair share of at-bats against Justin Verlander in his time in Detroit. Um, uh, McCann also knows of Justin Verlander. Um, you know, some of these guys have, have been around uh, the, the Detroit Tigers for a while, um, a little bit more than they've seen Peacock or, or Garrett Cole. Uh, but... You know, Verlander, like you said, video game stuff so far this year, he is dominant. He is an ace. He just seems to continue to get better. I mean, there was a point in time, Buzz, where Verlander looked like uh, looked like he was on his way out a little bit. Yeah, he's about he, done. Yeah, he, he was he, about done. He's reinvented himself back into uh, one of the best pitchers in the American League, I think. And, you know, kudos to Justin for, for doing that. But, um, you know, here we are with a tough task again tomorrow. Um, and this just, just, you look ahead and this just doesn't get any easier. Um, who's your pick to click tomorrow? If you have any, uh, my pick to click tomorrow is going to be Lurie Garcia. Um, the reason I'm, cho- I'm choosing Lurie is cause he struck out three times here tonight. Tone. He's kept his average floating around that, you know, that 285 to 300 mark all year. Um, he's sitting at 283 right now. I think he's going to come out tomorrow, get a couple hits, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully, uh, steal a base. And score a run. Um, so I'm hoping that you know Lurie Garcia, you know, sets the tone on getting on base, um, you know, tomorrow. So hopefully, you know, he could be the, he could lead by example tomorrow, get on base, and let you know the guys that are hitting behind him help him uh, get around the, the base path there and score. So I'm gonna go Lurie Garcia tomorrow. You know, what? I'm gonna go Abreu. Um, trying to play the safe safe pick here um i feel like abreu has probably had the most experience like i just said against a guy like verlander um you know maybe maybe a big big fly there from from mr jose would would set the tone a little bit um but you know i really think that the the defense and the pitching needs to show up tomorrow um you know we've seen dylan covey uh 
pitch against Chris Sale and, and kind of outduel him in, in mm-hmm. a game before last year. Um, you know, hopefully we get one of those type of starts out of Dylan Covey tomorrow. Um, you know, it's it's really weird looking at the stat line. You rattled it off a little bit there. Six strikeouts only this year so far, um, but not a very big sample size. We'll see what we get out of Dylan Covey tomorrow, and uh, you know, hopefully it's it's a game that uh, that Covey shows up for. I mean, baseball's weird, man. We we've seen strange things happen. Uh, like I just mentioned, uh, Covey outdoing Sale. Maybe we get one of those uh, those pitchers duels where uh, where Covey can, you know find something you know kobe uh, has decent yeah, stuff he does. man i just think he gets in his head sometimes i i truly believe that i and and this opportunity opening up for him right now i really hope he tries to seize it he didn't have a bad start his last time out so hopefully he can continue to build off that and play his game and hopefully you know it it translates into a w now when you say you want him to seize it you mean you want dylan cease to come up and replace him correct yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, yes. all right. Just yes. wanted to make sure there, boys. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm just checking. Yeah, yeah. That that would be great. That that would be great. Even if he got rocked, I wouldn't care. Just to see something. Just yeah. something that I'm excited about. Well, that's the that's the state that we're at so far, right here on Sacks on Tap. Is you know, we're just looking for something. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, Buzz, it's been fun. Uh, This is rolling on to about a half hour here, so I think it's about time to close it down. I need another beer. I don't know about you, but uh, just going to wash this this loss down uh, with another cold Budweiser and, uh, you know, probably hit the bed and get ready for another day of White Sox baseball tomorrow. Absolutely. Everybody be sure you're going on uh, to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature needs. Checking out our awesome blogs. Put out a lot this weekend, a lot out today. Um, You know, this today being Monday, going into Tuesday, more will be coming. So I will will see you later, Tone. Go Sox, and that's all I got. Let's go White Sox.